our guest in the studio, fresh from the Hemp House Green Room, which is where all of our guests relax before they come on the microphone with us. But uh, the new police chief of Chattanooga, not yet officially confirmed, not yet sworn in, but for all intents and purposes, she will be your next police chief. Her name was announced last week, and she's in the studio with us right now. Celeste Murphy, Miss Murphy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm a little upset because I thought I was here for the tickets, but uh, <laughs> well, I guess see, not. And, one of those uh, police tactics, the old base switch. Yeah, show up for the lottery winnings, guys. Show up here at Finley Stadium. That'll be where we want to see you. Yeah. And, you know, l- let me tell you this. This is the tease out of that. I-, I actually, my first home when I moved to Georgia was Decatur, Georgia. No kidding. And, you know, the similar Irish name, you know, it's like you're teasing me with the tickets, but that's okay. <laughs> not you, no. Now, she hadn't been confirmed yet, Brian, but uh, yeah. that should have. Not tomorrow. Not tomorrow's city council meeting, but two weeks from tomorrow. We were going, uh, Celeste, we were talking uh, before we came on the air about the timeline here, and you were saying that this should be a wrapped-up deal within two weeks or so. Yes, I hope so. Yes. yes I hope so. Not so to jinx you, fingers crossed. Yeah, so, yes. so, so in the interim... Can you get into your office and kind of get things started? You're not official, so I'm not sure what the rules are. Well, I did sneak in there and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, scoped out the place because, you know, I got to give it that nice female touch to it. So oh, I had yeah. to <laughs> get my ideas and planning, you know, in my So you are, you've come to us from Atlanta. Uh, the first thing we should do is just, you know, tell the listeners about yourself. You were telling us that your background, uh, born and raised in the Atlanta area. Huh. Uh, family and friends in the Chattanooga area, but uh, this is your first real professional experience here. Yeah, actually, a little bit further back from that. I'm actually born and raised in New York. Oh, okay. I, yes, really? But I, yes, but I've been in Atlanta pretty much, uh, well, I guess at this point it's a little bit over half my life, but yeah. Okay. So um, Once you reach the halfway point, you're, I mean, that's that's like home. I've been in, Ch- oh, I'm yeah. in Chattanooga, even though I was born up there in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a Chattanooga and full-bred. Been here 34 years. You know? Yeah, well, hopefully i got another 30 years yeah. left in me, so then I can call Chattanooga <laughs> my home. <laughs> All right, so the past, I, I, I forget off the top of my head, but I had the numbers in front of me. You had spent how long with APD? I knew you served in a variety of levels of positions. Yeah, um, so it's about 25 years now with the mm-hmm. police department, and yes, I've touched every department, whether it be actually working in that unit, supervising that unit, um, so I got a, a, a good balance of, you know, that administrative side with the tactical side with, you know, just, you know, a good uh, working knowledge of how the police department works from every angle. What made you decide it was time to leave Atlanta and instead of going for, uh, well, I mean, there's not a chief's job open there, obviously. So exactly. Just, okay, so it's promotion that you were looking for. Oh, absolutely. I worked my entire career for this moment and, you know, visiting the Chattanooga area and just, you know, getting such a warm welcome from the people here, I, I just fell in love instantly, and I knew this was the right spot for me. And it's just up the road from Atlanta, obviously. That's right, still not far. Did you Have you made visits to Chattanooga previous, before you even mm-hmm. thought about the police chief job here? Sure, sure, yeah, it, initially as a tourist, but then as the job opportunity opened up, I said, let me see from the inside, I want to see how, you know, living here is, and see from that viewpoint, and again, you know, that was what made me fall in love with well, it. That being the case, then, kind of give me your impressions of, the crime issue in Chattanooga. Per capita, per capita, we've been cited as a pretty dangerous city. Now, you know, you compare numbers to Atlanta or numbers to a large metropolitan area, you know, it doesn't look like much. But per capita, we're always cited as up there. Yeah, um, so I did do my research behind that. And, of course, per capita is, is the operative word. And, you know, I want to change that. You know, that's what I'm here for. I want to be able to show, you know, let's highlight some of the good and positive things going on in Chattanooga. And we're going to do our work um, so that the to mirror that as well, people feel safe, so that we don't have that label. 
When you talk about, um, and, and we've discussed them on the show, but these per capita statistics uh, when it comes to violent crime, your experience being in Atlanta, and uh, something that I have pointed out to our listeners, it's my feeling, and I think it is backed up by the data, is that for the sheer size of that city, I mean, that is a huge, major city, one of the biggest in the United States, it's my feeling that the city has always done a pretty good job addressing crime in Atlanta. When you look at their per capita number, not one of the highest, uh, not one of the, I don't even think it's top 20 when Atlanta is one of the top, you know, five to ten biggest cities in the United States. So it's always been my feeling that for the sheer size of that city, uh, the diversity of the population, the, just the, the sheer numbers, I feel like it's a city that always did a pretty good job addressing crime. You are absolutely 100% correct. I mean, that's just you know the our approach to community policing and that's what I bring here as well it's one of the reasons one of the things that attracted me about Chattanooga is that you all have that concept here and I wanted to co- be able to continue that um, you know expand that within my divi- um, vision and um, I think that is the start of why we were able to address it because we have that relationship with our community and I know that that's established here what were the keys? Uh, if you had to point to, say, two or three factors that, again, Atlanta being the crazy big city that it is, but you had a pretty good grip on on crime there and policing these neighborhoods, what what were the two or three maybe biggest factors or most important things that, that, that you saw working there? Yeah, um, the relationship we have with our youth, the relationship that we have with our business community, our faith-based community, um, you know, all of that collectively, we, we're, we're able to collaborate together. We're able to solve problems together. And I think that those are the major things, reasons why we are so, so successful with that. Um, you know, we're, we're out in front of our whatever our issues are. Um, we address them publicly and transparently. And a lot of that has to do with it. So uh, here, I, I know we've had, we've had at least a perception that it's an either-or thing, that, that you either go with, uh, you know, midnight basketball leagues or whatever, for lack of a better term. You know, you either go the social route or you go the crack some heads route. And and it sounds like what you're saying, I don't want to put words in it, but it sounds like what you're saying is you have an intermingling of those two. It's kind of a, a, of a, a synchronized strategy between those two. Right. So definitely, um, our, you know, the approach is to be um, community-oriented, collaborative in the community, those type of things but not being soft on violent crime. Um, that, that just has to be dealt with because that's a small fraction, and, and the people we're more catered to is making sure that, you know, our citizens that are here doing the right thing, going to work every day, you know, want to work and play in the city and be safe. That's who our uh, audience is, and that's who we're working for. What, what kind of crimes do you consider to be a big challenge? And the reason I ask that is because obviously everybody hears about uh, shootings, people hear about gang violence, and we always look to that as like, well, this is the, the major, major problem when it comes to uh, violent crime. But, you know, past police chiefs and other members of the force here, CPD, they'll always point to domestic violence. Domestic violence is just a horrible problem in, in every uh, major city in the United States. What what are we looking at when we talk about violent crime? It's not just shootings and gang activity. Right. The majority of it, although that's a portion of it, but it just has to do with uh, acquaintance-type situations. So mm-hmm. that is your domestic. So it's never usually the majority of it is stranger-to-stranger situations. There's conflict resolution you know, issues with acquaintances, but domestic violence. And I, a lot of that seemed to have come to the forefront you know, when we came out of the, well, during the pandemic, especially when we were in the initial throes of it. Um, 
and I think that now that we are able to open up a little bit more, um, people are able to get out a little bit better. You know, some of that containment and confinement that we had, we were seeing in the past where a lot of those issues were coming up. Now people have access to resources to help them with these issues, to help them manage through um, their lifestyles. And then we have, you know, just people are able to get out and vent a little bit better easily than as opposed to being contained inside the domiciles. Question here from a listener, and we've already addressed violent crime, but uh, good morning. The question for the police chief for me is, what are plans to help curb the growing problem with speeding and distracted driving? There's a lot of speed. As you well know, there's a lot of speeding. Yeah. Over the last few years, drivers have become more aggressive and dangerous on all roads. Specifically, Hicks and Pike is treated like the Daytona 500. <laughs> what was Ashland Terrace? While there have recently been more police driving through, nothing seems to change. The distracted and dangerous drivers are not deterred. Th- this, too, uh, Celeste, is a, is a problem in cities nationwide just people driving a lot more aggressively speed being a huge factor uh the number of uh deaths on the road is going up despite even through the pandemic when you had less people on the road but more deadly crashes so it's a huge problem yeah i think the pandemic opened up the streets for that type of you know open friendliness for um that type of driving and yeah a lot of cities are seeing that and i think you know just you know starts out with education so I want to make sure that first I start meeting, um, you know, my different neighborhoods, see where their issues are so we can assess what will best cater to their needs and their traffic problems in their area and see how we can work together to address that. See, but, for, yeah. for me, it's not even just it's the speed. I mean, you know, you go 75 to 80 on Highway 27. I know that's not the speed limit, but that's what happens. Everybody knows that. That's not that's not so much an issue as the aggressive drivers weaving in and out, cutting at high speeds. I mean, that's. That's the stuff that everybody would cheer. You got those guys, they would right, cheer about right, that. Right. But we're here with you now. Do you have your license on you? I do have my license. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, wait a minute. I think this is a trap. <laughs> uh, text here from Chris Blazik, who is a fire captain with Chattanooga Fire Department and just says he wants to welcome you to the city. Thank you for the ser- your service to public safety thus far. Look forward to working alongside with you getting the opportunity to shake your hand. Now, that's interesting to me because, you know, you watch the movies and the TV shows, and a lot of times they, they pit firefight Firefighters and cops are supposed to be enemies, I thought. Like, they, did, they don't like each other, and they face off in those angry softball games against each other. Well, we'll say frenemies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Frenemies. But we, I mean, who doesn't love a, a firefighter? So thank you, Chris, for that. I can't wait to shake your hand. Yeah, we haven't told him about the, uh, the guns versus hoses event. Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know a little something no! about that. Can you box? <laughs> Do you have any uh, I, listen, skills listen, inside I, the I, ring? I can't, I'm not going to tell you any of my secrets Ooh, when it comes to the boxing. Okay. You'll see for yourself. All right. Ali is on line two. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey how you guys doing today? What's going on? Hey, you know one thing that that uh, that I'm noticing uh, as you get a little older, you start noticing a lot a lot more is a lot of times you know every time a police officer do something. Uh, something that's not right. Uh, everybody talking about training, 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 training. Sometimes it's not. It don't have anything to do with training. It's the, it's the individual. <laughs> you can have police officers out there that that just don't like dark skinned people, and you can have police officers out there that don't like they don't like light skinned people. So my my question is, how do you go about your hiring procedures when you hiring some of these officers that? That they don't like people's color. Yeah, so thank you for that. And, you know, that's a lot, that's a concern from a lot of people. And, you know, it starts at the top. 
and setting a tone for the police department, which your vision is in reference to that. So, yeah, you, you did you indeed hit on one of those uh, methods is with your rec- with your recruitment efforts. Um, you want to make sure that the screening processes before that um, very much to point to that, as well as any behavior for anyone who's currently on the department. Um, if if those uh, if any behaviors like that are, are detected on the department, then they're swiftly dealt with. So I appreciate that question, and, and absolutely, we're going to make sure that we are um, a police department that's for everybody in the city. Recruitment let's, is I, tough. I was going to ask. Yeah. Let, let's turn back. This is me. Let's turn back the clock for a second. You got into police work. Let's be honest. When there were not a lot of females, correct, and probably not a lot of African American females, what 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 was attractive to you to get into law enforcement? when it was maybe not as pop, I'm not sure if it's popular now, but maybe not as popular as it is today. So the interesting thing about being in Atlanta, uh, we probably may have had more of a percentage of that demographic, but it still was low compared to the totality of the department. Uh-huh. So there still was that aspect um, to some degree. Being a part of the change, you know, putting a different perspective. I mean, when you were in high school, when you were, I mean, were you the one that said, uh, I want to be going to law enforcement? Ah, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are your guys crazy? You know, so back then I had uh, family members who were in law enforcement. Uh-huh. So, of course, you know, at the time, you know, it wasn't something that I thought about. I mean, my, my degree is in mathematics. Um, you know, so I always wished in the back of my mind but you know it was like well my parents didn't send me to college for that but i always wanted to do it hmm. uh and then you, you know, know you just, can make a lot more money in mathematics right That's yeah all well yeah i mean <laughs> I, I i surely can count that money better um just crunch the numbers yeah i crunched the numbers you're yeah. right but you know if something is if, if there's something inside of you no matter what you know out, outside influence you're gonna you're gonna follow your dream and that's what i ended up doing and i was able to you know put myself in a position where i can uh, effect change in the areas that I was. Now I'll be able to do it for the entire department, and that's what I want to do. Dumb question, and and don't be humble. Are you a trailblazer? Were you a trailblazer at that point in time? Which or, part in time? When you first got into law enforcement, or maybe maybe now in Chattanooga. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, from the very beginning, I was I was a trailblazer from the time I was born. You know. <laughs> you got, I'm glad you're not being humble. Exactly. You took me literally you told on that. To be humble. Yeah. Well, I, w- I want to get back to uh, to the caller's question about, you know, diversity. There, there's a lot of people in the African-American community who mistrust police, but as the caller pointed out, there's plenty of white-skinned or lighter-skinned people who maybe have their own uh, issues with police. I would think that's another advantage that comes with you being from Atlanta, which the greater Atlanta area, a very huge, diverse population where you've dealt with Huge African American population, but but people of all colors, skin types, and in races. It's it's just a big melting pot of a city. Right. I, I mean, I was born in the melting pot. You know, uh, I, I, the most the majority of my career was in a city that true was a melting pot, and I see Chattanooga in that direction as well. I see a lot of diversity, progressiveness, progressiveness here, and that's what's so attractive about it. So I want to be, you know, in the in the stages of making Chattanooga. Uh, or growing with Chattanooga in that in that in that way. Recruiting seems to be a challenge for all law enforcement. I mean, the sheriff's office held a you know a hiring event on the weekend. Seemed to be a solid uh, turnout there, but I mean they're always having trouble keeping personnel. Um, Where you're coming to Chattanooga from Atlanta, so what did you do to recruit people there that might translate here to the Chattanooga police force? Well, coming out of the pandemic, it was hard for everybody. 
um, you know, it's hard to, to have hiring events and recruiting events, but now things are starting to open up. And it's just about visibility. It's about going to the areas where you want to attract more people, showing a department as diverse or where you want to be and, and, and showing all the, the gifts that we have here. You know, this is what you want to do and this is why. Um, putting up examples, uh, you know, like Sarge here, showing what you can do on the police department, show all the different varieties of, of positions that we have. A lot of people don't know all the things you could do with your career on the police department. you got to be able to highlight that and, and, and uh, show it. And people will get, you know, they, they they start remembering all those police shows that we used to look at and you know get you know <laughs> get excited. But it, it is it's an exciting career. And if I speak to it with the energy that I have, and I've been on for so many years, and I still have that same excitement about what I do, it translates in in the conversation when you're talking to people. Uh, let's see. We have David on the telephone line. David, thanks for calling into the morning press. Good morning. First of all, welcome to our city chief, Miss Murphy. Thank you. Uh, we're very very glad to have you here. Uh, I like. I've got a two-part question, really. What's your vision for? We see a lot of petty crime, like uh, windows being broken and purses being taken and handguns or or whatever. Number one and number two. What's your vision for combating our more inner-city and hostile, like violent crime kind of thing? Yeah, usually um, your violent crime gets a lot of attention, but the property crimes that you speak to are usually what is the greater percentage of your total crime. And that speaks to let's, you know, let's work together. Um, you know, part of that, you know, has to be uh, an education piece we got to put out there for people, you know, with the car break-ins and things like that. Let's be more diligent about like, making it less attractive. Um, and I understand, you know, um, it, you know, it, you work hard every day. You you buy the things that you have, and you're entitled to it, and no, and no one else should get it that easily. But let's work together, um, and and let's just be visible and vil- uh, vigilant about how, um, you know, where we park our cars. You know, don't make things easy for for anybody to be able to get to it. But in reference to the violent crimes, um, you know, that's you know one of my target points is dealing with the violent crime, and, that, and a lot of it has to do with making sure that we. Um, steer our children in the right path, um, as well as having options. Um, I want to work with, you know, some of our nonprofits, our faith-based community, our business community, make sure we have opportunities um, and, and availability for, for options for people to be able to stay on the right path and having options other than uh, resorting to crime. Um, although we're going to be aggressive with making sure that we uh, tamp down that, but I want to also make sure that we have options for people as well so they don't go down that path. And if they find themselves uh, in trouble and once they get out of that, you know, because you have to own up to what you do, you hold people responsible. But let's make sure we have an option for them so that they don't return. Um, I want to work on recidivism as well. And violent crimes get the attention, which, which they should. Uh, Absolutely. But, but you can't even have a catalytic converter on your car because it's going to get stolen. My yeah. gosh, it's just crazy how that crime has grown and, and yeah. i don't even know how to stop that it's not like you lock your car they still get your catalytic converter right but you know oftentimes those are you know we're talking about a, a small fraction of people and when you go into neighborhoods and you start developing relationships you have conversations and you know um, the community knows us and we know the community um we'll work together people are going to get tired of things like that because when you know everybody knows who's doing it and it's about you know putting those people out there so that we can address that the question becomes, I mean, I mean, you'll get it here at 267-1023. If you haven't yet, you'll get it. Um, you know, if it is a small number of people and you know who's doing it, why can't we get them off the street? Why can't we stop that? Yeah, we've got to do it together. You, got, you know, we have to work together, and people are going to trust us to be able to get the job done. We'll get it done. And let's see. John is online, too. John, thanks for calling in. You're on the morning press. 
Yes, good morning. Uh, our last two police chiefs, ma'am, uh, Chief Roddy and, and our other police chief that was in the past, they uh, were out in the field on the front lines uh, a lot. What are your plans? Are you plan? Are you the type that sits back? Uh, are you you going to be on the front lines also? Uh, I just I'm curious to what your view is on that. Oh, that that's been my life's work is to be out and visible and seen. Because um, you've ex- worked patrol, right? Oh yeah, you've done that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, you know, you honestly, if you if you research me, you'll see that I'm very present, um, loved by my community because I'm so. Uh, responsive to their needs, listen to. I'm a listening ear, and um, you know, I'm, I'm I try to find solutions in every aspect that I can. So um, I'm very, very um, accessible and visible in the community. That's just my been my life's work. I'm that I'm just that type of people person. I love being out in the community. You said you were going to get out and meet. I don't think I got. I said right. everybody. I, you did say. I said that's everybody. Oh, right, exactly. I'm going to meet everybody. But guess what? We're in we're in the virtual world. So if I can't get to you, I'm going to bring you to me. But we're going to figure out how to get this done. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, texter here, going back to uh, one of the, the chief questions for the new chief, what are your plans to address the gang violence? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, we, we've talked about uh, various elements of violent crime, domestic disputes and everything. But at the end of the day, a lot of this does come back to shootings and gang violence. Um, you're certainly no stranger to that. Uh, Atlanta has its share of those problems. So what is on the table? How, how do you plan to address this? Yeah, I mean, the the focus is getting these guns off the street. It starts with making sure there's not easy accessibility to getting these guns. Uh, so putting the word out there, you know, to make sure everyone secures their guns properly. Um, there's nothing against having them. You can have as many as you want, but uh, within the law. But we need to make sure that they are properly secured. And a lot of, um, we, you know, there's not a lot of uh, data right now to be able to connect the dots on that. But absolutely, majority of the time when we do find weapons that have been linked to violent crime, somewhere down the line they've been stolen or appropriated improperly or illegally. Especially gang violence. Especially in gang violence, a lot of these weapons are stolen weapons. Right. That's absolutely right. So, um, you know, having a robust um, specialized unit to be able to track, monitor, um, you know, you have to have something specific to make sure that you're sp- you're focusing in on that, and it goes back again to having options because <clears throat> getting in front of these um, issues before young people are steered into the wrong path is the key. Yeah, well, thank you, and uh, first, welcome, Chief Murphy. Uh, we're happy to have you and honored with your background. Um, one thing, I don't hear anybody talking about neighborhood associations. Chattanooga and Hamilton County are just chock full of neighborhood associations. They do different activities. And folks don't know how to do that. <laughs> and a lot, a lot of stuff gets taken out of the car, especially weapons, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and it's just ridiculous. And you could, you know, lower that one aspect if you would just lock your dad dumb car door every night, you know. Um, but neighborhood associations would be an excellent avenue for the chief to think about putting together a team taking some handouts of, you know, things that people can post in the house on the refrigerator mm-hmm. of what things to look for, you know, suspicious activities and things like that. Right, yeah, speaks to, that. that's what I mean by the education piece right there. You, that's an excellent idea. Um, it's what I come from, that, that type of um, camaraderie with the neighborhoods. 
Um, so thank you for that, and I will keep that on the docket. So wish me luck in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, confirmation by the Chattanooga City Council in two weeks, and then you're officially on the job, but you get mm-hmm. around and get a chance to meet everybody uh, here now. And, and I want to just say publicly on the air that you are welcome here anytime, and we're going to give you the hotline number so you can pick up the phone and you, see, you hear us launching into something. You say, well, that's not right. You, you can call us. You can tell us, hey, all right. Let me, let me point you in the right direction because you guys are going way down a path that isn't, isn't happening here. That's so, right. I'm going to put you on speed dial. There you go. You're exactly welcome. And Jeremy Eames, too, you know, make sure you got that, uh, you got that hotline number, too, because uh, we want it to be an interactive sort of thing with the community. And this is a mm-hmm. platform that you can use to reach the community. And, of course, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll call you into account, too. You, know, we will. you can. Now, that's right. I want you to hold me accountable so I can do the best job for you guys. And I really, really enjoyed my time here. Um, the call-in uh, Listeners, uh, I appreciate the questions, and thank you so much and the ideas. Yeah, just getting to know you now. I mean, and, and, and there's a lot more to come. I mean, she's not even officially on the job yet, yeah. really. And on a, uh, on a personal level, because I know the listeners would want you to be accountable for this, but a uh, Vols fan, Georgia fan, oh, the, the, wow. do you pick any sides here? Oh, this is very important. <laughs> it's an important question. Do not mess this up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let, well, have me back. Okay. How about that? Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm a Michigan alum, so, you know, what can you do? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, Celeste Murphy, it's been a pleasure having you in the studio. And this is your new police chief here, folks, and she'll be on the job uh, in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, and hopefully we'll have her back in the studio soon. We will. Certainly was a great conversation. So thank you. All right.